welcome to week one of Prepare the Way. We're going to jump in at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 57, and then we're going to work our way back. But here's where we start. In Luke chapter 1, verse 57, it says, Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. Now, let me just, uh, this isn't where I'm going with this, but let's get on my, uh, my pulpit or my platform. I'm on it. Uh, John, uh, is, is been, is, is, the name has been given to him, but the, the people around Elizabeth come in and they say, hey, we want to, we, we, we don't think his name should be John. It should be Zachariah like his father. And, and she stands fast and she says, no, his name will be John. And here, here's what I encourage you. Right now, there's got lots of people talking in your ears. You, you're going to turn on the news, and it's going to be giving you some, hey, this is what's happening, and, and, and a lot of it is negativity. You're going to get on social media, and the rumors are everywhere, all kinds of comments and stuff about how this theory and that theory, and let me just, let me just let you, um, let me just encourage you for a minute to get into the Word of God and make sure you stand fast there, uh, and, and get to a position where you're saying, you know what, I hear all the news around me, but I'm going to stand fast on what God has called me to do and the name that he's given to me to be who I'm called to be. So there you go. That's, that's an extra. You're welcome. So it says, uh, uh, and they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. We're going to talk in just a minute of why they had to make signs to him. And it says that he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And this is the response is what is, is exciting here. It says, and they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open, speaking of Zechariah, his father, and his tongue was loosed and he spoke blessing God. The first things that he said was a blessing of God. And he, he said, and fear came on all the na- their neighbors and all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So here we are, we're talking about John the Baptist. We get this uh, story of, of the, the account of him being uh, born and how his mother and father were already prepared for him. And so we need to rewind just a little bit to uh, get, get a picture of, of where he was. So next few weeks, we're going to get into how John lived his life. But before we can get into the preparer of the way, we need to get into the dive a little bit into the context of who he was and what, where he, what he was born into. So in, in John chapter 1, uh, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, we are introduced to not Zachariah, or to, to John, I'm sorry, John the Baptist. We're introduced to his father, Zachariah and his mother Elizabeth, and so let's give it a little context to where who what uh, the John was born into. It says when Herod was king. This is verse five. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. This is going to be important that you grasp that they were doing all that they were called to do. They were doing 
all the, all the right regulations. They were following all the right laws and, so, and all the commandments and regulations that they had been taught. They were following them. And Luke wants to make sure you understand this in reference to who he is. And so it says that, that uh, Zechariah was a priest from the, uh, the priestly order of Abijah. Now there was, uh, in, at this period... There were uh, different orders, different divisions of priests, and each of those uh, orders would spend one week in the in position of serving at the temple. And so it says he, uh, he was getting prepared to go there. This was his week to go be, to be serving, and it says they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So he, here's what Luke's doing. Luke is making sure that you see their limitations. Uh, Luke says, hey, th- there's a couple things you need to know about uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They, they didn't have any children. And, but uh, at this time period, many believe that if you didn't have children, it was a, uh, a punishment from God. And Luke has already addressed that. He said they were doing everything according to God's commandments and regulations. So it's not, it's not about that. And he says they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. So they had no children. She was unable to conceive. And here's the, the last one. And they were both very old. So he says, hey, here's their limitations. And Luke gives them to us. He says, this is what they're, no children, unable to conceive, and very old. It says, now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So let me give you some context to what is happening here. So as, as uh, Zechariah uh, le- left his hometown, made the trip, uh, they believe, a, a day's journey to Jerusalem. We're not sure exactly where Zechariah and Elizabeth live, but we know it's within a day's journey. It says that they, he came to the position and they was chosen by lot to enter into the holy place to make an incense offering. So let me give you a picture of where he was. So, of course, Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem. And if you go to modern-day Jerusalem, this is what you'll see. This is the old city of Jerusalem. And, uh, you, of course, there is one structure, one feature that stands out among them all. And that is the golden, not my golden dome, <laughs> the golden dome. The golden dome of, uh, is on top of the Temple Mount today. It is... <laughs> We're having a little too much fun here this morning. Uh, the Golden Dome uh, is, is there at the very point of uh, the, the mountain where the, t- uh, the tabernacle uh, was put. Herod uh, built the Temple Mount here. I, I could spend uh, a lot of time going into details about uh, the Temple Mount and what's there and uh, how it was built. And it's amazing, uh, amazing things. But on the Temple Mount is that Golden Dome. And if, if you go underneath, under the, under the Golden Dome, there's nothing but a rock. It is not a mosque. It is a place that is uh, representing a holy place for the Muslims. Of course, it's a, a holy place for the Jews as well. And because it's a holy place for Jews, it's a, a holy place for us as followers of Christ. And it, it, when you go inside, there's just uh, this rock that is, is the featured point, uh, the the pinnacle of this mountain that uh, is there. And so they, they come, uh, the, the go- if you, when you're there, there's the, actually this is a picture I took uh, just a few weeks ago from uh, the Mount of Olives. So where Jesus prayed uh, his last prayer, he would have been looking across at the, at the Temple Mount, and if you can see all that is there today, 
The Golden Dome is exactly, most likely, exactly where the temple was. So Jesus wasn't looking at a Golden Dome. He was looking at the temple. So as he looked across, he would have been looking at the temple, and yes, that's how big it would have been. It's at least two times larger than the Dome of the Rock is today. And he would have been looking at this as he prayed. And this is what Zechariah would have walked into. Uh, here's a, a scale model uh, that you can see in Jerusalem today. This is a scale model of what the Temple Mount and uh, would have looked like at the time of Jesus, at the time of Zechariah. He would have gone into this temple, and as he went into this temple, he would have seen uh, all. Let me. Uh, he would have walked in, and there would have been this amazing uh, ceremony of choosing uh, who the, the those the priest would have been able to go in and to perform. The, the offerings and to light them the candlestick and to perform the uh, the uh, or the, the uh, I'm sorry the the incense who would have been able to uh, do the incense and the showbread and all that so he goes in and here's what the scripture says it says that the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Let me show you a picture of what it would look like. Uh, if you can turn the lights down just a little bit so this, you got, they can see this on the, on the camera. When they looked at the, uh, when they walked in, this is a 3D model of what it may have looked like at the time of Zechariah. You have the, the candlestick over here. You have in the background behind the, the, the smoke here, the table of showbread, and then you have the altar of incense. And so Zechariah would have walked into this place, and it says that the, uh, um, that the, the angel was on the right side of the altar of incense. So you can imagine the, the, the awe of, of walking into this holy place. And uh, the curtain uh, represents the, the, the division between the holy place and the holy of holies. And, and so they would have walked in, and, and there, as he performed the act of, of burning the incense, would have been the angel that appeared to him and said, hey, Zechariah, don't, don't fear. I, I think it's always a little late for them to say, do not fear. But so he says, do not fear, uh, your prayers have been answered. So uh, going back to the scripture, you can turn the lights back up if you want. Uh, he says, uh, don't fear, uh, the, your prayers have been answered. Answered. So what, as when Zechariah went in there, he was allowed to, he performed the, the burning of the incense for the community, but he was allowed to spend a little extra time to do his own prayer. And this was a, a special privilege, a special honor for Zechariah to do. And it says that God heard his prayer and sent an angel to him. And it says, you're, you're gonna, your uh, wife Elizabeth is going to bear a child, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And he will, be a great, he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. We're going to go through the next few weeks, we're going to dive more into who John was and what this meant, that he wasn't drinking any wine or strong drink, and that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But he was, even from the moment of, of being conceived, he was going to be a special child, and says he will turn many of the children of Israel... To the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And that, that's what I want to speak to you this morning is on this subject of people 
prepared. We, we have to be people that are prepared. And it says, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in many years. And immediately, the first thing he says is, Hey, I, I've got limitations. How, are you sure you can use me? Are you, are you sure? Because I'm, I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years, and I'm sure Elizabeth would have been thankful that he brought forth the age to the angel of the Lord, uh, that she was old. But here she says, uh, he says, I- I've got limitations. My wife has limitations. My, my church has limitations. My job has limitations. My, what, what, my, I have limitations. And he says the, that the angel answered him and said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. And you can imagine the angel just kind of shaking his head. Are you serious? Like, I'm in, you're in the holy place, and you're having this experience with an angel, and you're going to question it? And he says, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. So he says, hey, you, you, you've put this forth. Uh, you, I, I gave you the, the truth. You questioned the truth. And now you're not going to be able to speak until the child is born. And, and he, here's where I want to spend a little bit of time this morning laying out some groundwork as far as this thing called preparation. Because preparation is so powerful. And we live in an age where preparation is something we want to stay away from. We, we want all the end goals and all the results. Uh, we want... To, to lose the weight without doing the work. We want to have the promotion without any of the, the investment and uh, without the, the working through the system. We, 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 wanna, we want all the good things without any of the preparation. But preparation is the, 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 the foundation of all things. And even for the birth of Jesus, for the, the coming of the Messiah, there had to be some preparation. So the power of preparation is this, is that your purpose awaits your preparation. Your purpose is dependent upon your preparation. So, so many times we want God to provide, but we're not preparing for his provision. And this is where we have to step back and go, God, I want you to provide for me, but also allow me to be ready when you provide. Allow me to be ready for the preparation. There's all throughout scripture, you see God preparing people for their purpose. And this is for us to understand our purpose. To live out our purpose, we have to know that we ha- we, the preparation has to begin. Another thing is that your potential is revealed by your preparation. Your potential is going to be revealed by your preparation. You could even flip that around and say your preparation is your potential. What you are putting into, the, the, into it right now is going to reveal what God is going to come out of you. Your potential is dependent upon your preparation, and your perseverance <laughs> is determined by your preparation. We're living in a place right now where we're all going, hey, I'm not sure how much longer I can do this, and I'm not sure how, how much longer we can be in, in a home with my kids always with me. <laughs> my perseverance is wearing thin, and I think for some of us, uh, our perseverance is being tested because of our preparation. And it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to go run a race, if I'm going to go run a, a half marathon, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and just start running. Of a half marathon. I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. I have to prepare for it. I'm not going to be able to, to be in the, the championship game if I don't have the preparation. We understand this in the physical, 
But God's also saying, hey, your preparation in the spiritual is what's going to determine how, how much perseverance you're going to go. When you, when you find yourself in that place of temptation, and you're, you're only going to be able to pers- persevere if your preparation has prepared you for it. So we have to get to a place of knowing that our perseverance is determined by our preparation. So the question is then, okay, Josh, that sounds great. Preparation's needed. All that's wonderful. So what, how, how do we find ourselves getting prepared? How do we get ourselves in a position of being prepared? And, and here's where we can look at, at uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and understand how we can find ourselves in the position of being prepared. And the first thing is that you need to understand that your predicament can be your preparation. Your predicament can be your preparation. Now, so John, or I'm sorry, Elizabeth and uh, Zachariah were in the predicament of not having a child. They were in the predicament of being childless, of being unable to conceive, and being old. And we can look at our predicament and say, that's my limitations, but sometimes God's going, your predicament is actually what's going to prepare you for your purpose. So the first thing that you need to understand is that your predicament can be your preparation. So your predicament right now is as, as a society, we're looking around and we're going, our predicament is, is crazy, it's chaos, it's confusing, I don't know where to turn, I don't know how to handle it, I don't know how to move forward. Your predicament may be what God is using for your preparation. This is what beautiful about our uh, as we got the, last week and put, put together the, those care packages for, for the nursing home, is that we were looking at our predicament and going, hey, we have been prepared because we have a generous church who has already given to, so that we can now address the predicament and we were prepared because of the predicament. So uh, another thing is your pain can you be your preparation. Your pain can be your preparation. Elizabeth was, had gone through years of experiencing some of those uh, the, behind her back people murmuring about, well, she must be doing something wrong, and she's, man, she, something is, is wrong, and, and that society, her not having a child, would have caused her a lot of pain. And the pain wasn't because of God. She was doing all the things that was right, but God was using her pain to get her ready for what she, who she was going to be as the mother of John the Baptist, the one who's preparing the way for Jesus. Your pain that, that you're going through, the pain that you're experiencing uh, is not caused by God, but if you put it in the hands of God, he'll use it as a way to prepare you. The fourth thing is that your position can be your preparation. Your position can be your preparation. So Zechariah was from the line of Abijah, who were of the uh, priestly lineage, and Elizabeth was from the same lineage. And so his position gave him the opportunity to go into the presence of God. He was able to go and have this opportunity because of his position. And I, I want I you to look at your position, where you're at in your, in your job, where you're at and, and who you are. And uh, the studies say that uh, there could have been 18,000 priests and Zechariah could have said, well, I'm just one of 18,000. I'm just, I'm just one of, of a multitude. And for some of you, you're looking at your position, you're going, well, I'm just this. I, I'm just uh, in this position. I'm just in that place in, in my life. And you're looking at it going, it's just my, my position, and it's not really that great. And I don't really... But your position can be used by God as your place of preparation. 
So what's your place? What's your position that you're in right now that God can use to prepare you for his purpose? And then the uh, uh, next thing there is your prodigal can be your preparation. So as, as I was preparing this message, uh, of course, there's lots of peace. Uh, all of them are, are peace, and you can be thankful that it's online because there is no splash zone this morning. There's no spray zone, uh, but there's lots of peace. So your prodigal can be your pre- preparation. What do I mean by that? Is that? A lot of times we'll look at our failures, and we're going to say my failure has limited me from doing what God's called me to do. When Zechariah questioned the, the angel of God, it could have been that moment where, God, that, hey, my, I failed but it didn't cause him to fail. It prepared him to do something amazing when John was born. See, you can look at your failures and go, there's no way I'm going to be anything. There's no way that I can uh, make any difference because look at what I've done. I've turned my back on God. I've walked away from him. I've been disappointed. Uh, I've, I've disappointed my family. I've disappointed God. And I want, to, I want to say this to somebody right now, that you may feel like you're a prodigal, but you're prodigal and your failure, and what you think is going to limit you, God is going to use it to prepare you to be used for others. And that leads to the last one, is that your praise is your preparation. So all the other ones I I, I specifically said can be. It can be your preparation, but I will say this, that your praise is your preparation. You have to to be willing to praise God, no matter what your pain is, your predicament, your position, your, all the things that we've just talked about, all those things can be used for preparation. But I know this, you have to praise God to be prepared. The first thing that happens when, when John is born is they ask Elizabeth, what do you want to name him? And they say, hey, we should name him Zachariah. And Zachariah could have taken the credit and could have allowed his name to be carried on and, and to infamy by saying, oh, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. But instead he says, no, it's, it's got to be John. And as soon as he said it was John, he then began to bless God. And you'll see in the end of Luke chapter 1 is that uh, Zechariah sings a song of praise and proclaims the presence of God on his son. So what I want to challenge you to do right now is to take your predicament, your position, your your pain, and you go, you know what, and, and the, no matter what it is, no, where, no matter where we're at, I'm going to turn it into praise, and I'm going to be prepared for what God brings out of this. And the beautiful thing about all this as we close out this message is that you need to understand that we can experience the presence of God because he did all the preparation. He did all the preparation. We, we can experience the presence of God because John the Baptist prepared the way for the Messiah, the Messiah who lived the perfect, sinless life, who went to the cross and died for our sins, was buried and, and resurrected. All that so that we could experience the, pre- the presence of God. There, there's no requirements right here. Right now, there's nothing that you need to, there's no check mark you need to fill in. There's no place to, to, for anybody even to raise their hands. This is right now for you to experience the presence of God in your home is for you to just allow God to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm yours, God. He did all the work. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I, want, I want in your home right here, I want to pray this prayer. And you can pray this with me. You can say the words that I'm going to say. You can say it uh, in your own words. 
you can quietly say it to yourself, but let's pray this right now. Jesus, I want to be prepared for your purpose in my life. And to do that, I need your presence in me. Thank you for doing all the preparation. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, that they're all washed away. Thank you for allowing yourself to be buried, but that you resurrected, that your life now is able to be in me and that I'm able to walk in a relationship with you. So I turn from doing it my own way and I turn to following you in Jesus' name. Amen.